And welcome back to the Livingston Parish News Weekly Show, a podcast brought to you by the Livingston Parish News. My name is McHugh David, publisher and editor of the news, and I'm joined by two special guests, one of which, well, actually both of which I think our audience knows, because y'all have been here before, but we are going to let you guys introduce yourself so we can put a voice to a name. Let's start on the viewer's right. And I'm Woody Overton. <laughs> the Woody, can we put the trademark V <laughs> in front of it? I am the Woody Overton. I appreciate that. And Jim Chapman. All right, and today y'all are here to talk about a new podcast series, which is uh, kind of exciting, pulls a lot from your background. Uh, of course, I believe you'll be producing it, and it'll be coming out of your studio over yes. there uh, off Del Norte. So it's called Bloody Angola. Uh, my God, there's a lot of stories to tell. Yeah. Uh, so first and foremost, let's let's go all the way back like I like to do to the beginning, and let's start with the conversation y'all had, like, or... Who, it was your idea? Actually, both of ours. Jim is. I'm. I'm a huge fan of history, but also I have the experience in corrections and law enforcement. And Jim is the historian behind Bloody Angola. So we've been kicking it around for a long time. And right. Um. One day we just started talking, and we were kind of brainstorming podcasting and things we could do together. Uh, our shows are so different that we have individually and we both share a big affinity for prisons. And uh, I've always been a history buff when it came to prisons of, of any type, whether it was Sing Sing or Angola or you name it. But we're, we're uh, I don't know if you call it fortunate, but we're in a unique position here in South Louisiana that we have the oldest uh, prison in the United States right here in South Louisiana and one of the most notorious and the largest and the largest. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's huge. Uh, 18,000 acres. That's a lot, right? right? Yeah. Over 28 square miles. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just, I don't want to say just north of Baton Rouge, but it's in West Feliciana. Parish. It's in the, the extreme uh, northern part of, of West Feliciana Parish. Right up there against the river. Uh, and a lot of interesting history about how it came about. Uh, almost one might say sort of a, a, a carrying on of slavery in yeah, a way, yeah, it, it, the early days anyway. And, you know, and nobody likes to talk about that. And, and slavery certainly is a hard subject, but the, the things we're going to be bringing to y'all on bloody Angola are all true facts. Okay. And it's, it's history and certainly nobody's proud of it. I mean, did you know that, uh, Women were housing in the prison also, and before the Civil War, the if you were a woman prisoner and you got raped and you had a baby, the state of Louisiana was the law. The state of Louisiana claimed the baby and sold it as a slave. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, we're starting off with some interesting facts <laughs> here, but I, I mean, it's real. Yeah, it's you right. know, that happened. So that's part of the, it's, it's a big part of the state's history. Right, right. It drew national uh, attention, uh, mostly scrutiny, right. several times uh, during its lifespan usually coming after state-level budgets cuts. Right. You know, they'd cut the budget there, and, and it, it kind of turned into the Wild West, so to speak. Uh, so we've talked about, real quick, y'all sort of commiserated, came up with the idea. What's it been like to record those those episodes between the two of you? I mean, usually you're the producer. You do your own interviews. You said y'all's, y'all's podcasts are different. So how right. have y'all come together for this? Well, uh, and I'll I'll speak first on this i first of all it was kind of a dream to get involved in any project with woody uh in my opinion the best storyteller bar none anywhere in the world uh and his you know his accolades show it um so 
from a selfish perspective, I wanted to work with him because it was kind of a dream of mine. But aside from all that, uh, the way we bounce off of each other, the way we flow when we're podcasting together is unique. It's a hard thing to find. Uh, we very rarely hesitate. It's a conversation every time we sit down. And my strength has always been the interview side of things. So with Bloody Angola, one of the things that we're doing that is unique from any podcast you'll see is we're blending storytelling and interview styles together. Uh, some episodes will be the majority will be Woody telling a story because that's his realm. That's what he's great at. Uh, there will be some episodes where maybe we'll have somebody sitting across from us that you'll be surprised. Maybe that that uh, so look for that in the future. But uh, that'll be more of an interview style where maybe that's where I would shine. You know, my my aspect of what I bring to the show will, will shine. So I've, we've done numerous podcasts in, in the past, right? Local leaders and stuff yeah. like that. But before he was my producer for real life, real crime and now sports justice. But the, uh, we've always played well together, right? The, the I, sounds bad, but the, <laughs> the, we played bounced off each other. Well, it's a, it's a natural flow. You know, this as an interviewer. If you, for me, my best episodes are when I get done and I don't remember what I said. Right. right. All right. So that I've always had that connection with Jim and I knew we wanted to do something together and nobody's doing the inside prison stories like we're going to bring with bloody Angola. Sure. So let's, I want to keep a pin in that because you said there's going to be guests. I want to ask about that in a minute, but I, I want to jump over to you and you know, we have the producer and the interviewer. We got the storyteller. So give us a little bit of idea of your background as to where you're pulling this information from. The well, it would start. I, I, my family actually has a long history on Angola. My mother was raised on the B line, and for you uh, listeners that don't know, the B line is the free, the correction officer community that's inside the wire of Angola. It's in the they actually have their own zip code. Angola does, and they have their own post office, et cetera. But the my mama was raised there. Uh, um, my aunt was born there, and the. My grandfather was the first parole officer ever to live uh, uh, on the grounds. And then he be would become the district attorney for that area and end up prosecuting the crimes that happened. And my father was assistant district attorney. Uh, like um, when Brent Miller got killed, the Angola Three, they prosecuted him. And then later on, that's a story for another day, what happened with the Angola Three. But I have a lot, then I got into corrections. And I believe every law enforcement professional should have to start out in corrections because that's where you learn the people that you can be dealing with in your regular career. So, but the criminal mind has always fascinated me, but I'm telling you that all my law enforcement, all the homicide, et cetera, none of it fascinates me to this day at, as what occurs inside the wire in Angola. It is a total different world. It's a total different set of rules. They, the, the, it's just, it'll blow your mind. Now, when you're saying the wire, that's the outer gate. Right, right. So, most prisons have walls, right? Sure. Angola doesn't. They, it's it's surrounded on three sides by water, and, and the back side is Tunica Hills. But their camps are spread out for security reasons and other reasons. Inmates could be closer to the fields and the locations they work, et cetera. But it's all fenced, and then has Constantina wire, or several fences and Constantina wires, depending on the, the security level of the camp. So there's actually no walls in Angola. There are very few when you drive through the front gates. There's, you know, a couple sidewalls. 
Sure. Almost like a, a So I say the wire, that's the wall, right? Sure. And and you know, it, it it's interesting cuz it kind of give when you drive through that front gate it gives the feeling of it but then you pull through and it's like expanse. Yeah, yeah. It's it's I mean you can't even see all the camps, right? Right. So it's interesting, you know, going back to what we were talking about with regard to sort of an extension of slavery, it was actually, you know, the prison was called the walls. Right. Uh, it was more in the that's Baton right. Rouge area. Uh, they bought that land from plantation owners because it kept flooding. That's right. So that kind of makes it interesting too. You know, this uh, here in Livingston Parish, we're no we're no strangers to floods. Yeah, no doubt. And so you know, imagine being a massive landowner, and you're like, well, yeah, you want it? Sure, take it. Right, right. So talking about guests, I, that's a very interesting perspective because you're yeah. pulling historically. You've got firsthand experience, both familial and you worked in corrections. Right. Um, I don't want to give away names, don't want to surprise right. people, but what was it like to approach people and say, hey? We're doing this. We're doing the show. You want to come give an interview? Well, that was the interesting thing when uh, when we released, kind of made this big announcement that, hey, we're going to have a podcast that we believe is like no other you're ever going to find or see anywhere else in that community. Uh, I could not tell you the massive amount of people that reached out to us that, hey, my uncle was in Angola for 20 years, and <laughs> he'd love to sit down and talk to you. The, the, uh, the not only convicts right people who were down uh, that want to tell their story but correctional officers career correctional officers uh, correctional officers families that have been there for generations yes and how about i don't know the cat out of the bag if we could give you bring you an interview or several interviews with the physician who attended every death row inmate for over 30 years wow yeah. that'd be kind of cool that with, would be cool the stories <laughs> he could tell you yeah, include everything from Derek todd lee to you know whoever got killed 30 years ago, right? Sure. Yeah, um, it's really unlimited the amount of potential that we could have with guests. Uh, but one thing I can assure you of is it will be something where it might be someone different every time they come on. As Woody said, it could be a correctional officer, you know, this particular season of this particular week, and it might be someone that's still in, in Angola. Right. Or we might just be telling a history story about, about something famous that happened there. So it's, I never wanted to be a lawyer like my, everybody in my family because I didn't want to sit behind the same desk every day and push the same papers. This podcast will always be different, right? That's the same way in my career. Everything's always going to be different. You never know what you're going to get, but I can tell you something that's going to rock your socks, baby. Oh, it's going to be interesting. So uh, let's talk about that. You're talking about each episode. Each episode is going to be different weekly. Yes. Weekly drops. Okay. On Thursdays. Okay. And y'all pre-recorded the whole thing? We're still in the first season. We've recorded several episodes. Okay. We only have a couple left, uh, and the first season is going to be eight weeks. Okay. So y'all kind of gave yourself a little buffer. Right, yeah, right, right. Okay, okay, cool. Any idea y'all are going to carry this as long as it'll go? See, I, mean, I, I have high expectations, not just hopes. I, I, I firmly believe that uh, people are interested and we're going to carry it forever. Sure. Well, I mean, it is, it's an infamous place. Right. Uh, so I'm sure, and, and it, it definitely plays to your current audience, I would imagine. Right, right, uh, right. I guess I would hope. I I would hope they'd be able to yeah. make that connection. So, you know, talking about we, we've gone through a lot of different parts of this, uh, but I think one of the interesting things that you've brought up is, is you know, you, you find the criminal mind fascinating, but that makes me want to jump over to you. So what's it like to go through this with them? Because I imagine 
and I, I guess we should go ahead and, and, and presuppose this, there's going to be some graphic content. Absolutely. To be cons- So what was it like for you to be kind of sitting there like, I know you've listened to Real Life, Real Crime. Yeah. You and I have talked about it Love in the it. past. Yeah. But, you know, what was it like to sit there and be like, you know, wow, I'm on the camera, on the mic, and we're talking about this. Yeah, it was uh, very invigorating to me from, I almost felt released a little bit. So I'm, I have an affinity for small business. That's what my podcast is about. But very rarely in my podcast do uh, those types, <laughs> that type of subject matter come up, McHugh. So uh, for me, it it is almost, uh, I have so much love for that genre of podcasting that I felt like I was being kind of set free to talk about something that I've always wanted to talk about. And that was true crime and things that occur in prison specifically. And this was my opportunity to do that. But I'll, I'll expand on that uh, for one second. When I watch Woody tell a story, I learn something every single time I do it. Uh, yesterday, we were recording a podcast and he made some suggestions that had never crossed my mind. And I've been podcasting a long time and I'm just thinking, wow. And that's like off the top of his head, but it's the difference between what I do and what he does that I respect so much. It's very, very hard to talk to yourself in a, with a camera there. It's a lot easier to bounce off of somebody. What he does a lot harder than what I do. And so I, I get to learn from that. What could be better? Sure. Uh, well, this is a blessing, man. Well, it's, it's fire. And I, I can't wait for the people to see it. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, we've gone pretty quick. I, I've got a couple of specific questions. And, uh, you know, it, I, I think some people would be interested because we've talked, touched briefly on a couple of historical points. Right. I, obviously, a very over a hundred years of history in that facility. Um, one of the things, of course, we talked about before we press play is, uh, you know, and people here in Livingston Parish might love this story. Uh, and, and I'll let you touch a little bit more on it. Uh, but one of the things we talked about, September 11th, 1941, first, and isn't that an interesting date, first traveling electrocution by chair. Right. And it was right here, Livingston Parish. So tell us a little bit about it. So that. most people don't know the, the death penalty. It used to be state law. Wherever you, whatever parish you got convicted in and, and sentenced to death in, they would bring the electric chair on the back of a flatbed trailer with this monstrous generator, and they did a public execution. And the very first time they did it was right here in the Livingston Parish on September 11th, 1941. One, yep. uh, yeah, so right, right for uh, September, right before we got involved in World War II, and they said it was a, a public uh, spectacle. It was almost like a party. And people were selling popcorn and, and all this stuff. And you, you think it'd be the summer occasion, but no, everybody came out to watch these people fry. And, and literally, they fried. And there was no uh, science to it back then, but the shaving of the head and, and the wet sponges and all that. Hey, they, just, they hooked them up and they, they literally smoked them. Like a pack of cools, right? Yeah. <laughs> they, they burn them up, right? Right. Right here in the LP, baby. <laughs> That's another great fact. Yeah, and, and well, I wanted to bring that particular piece up because yeah. so people can understand what they can expect. Right, I mean, that right. was part of you know part of the reason they do executions. That Angola is because things went so off the rails. That's right. That's when right. they were traveling around. Um, I, I don't believe that practice lasted very no, long. No, 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 it was just no, a few years. No. But um, you know, it's interesting because you're going to be for two reasons. One, that's why they ended up doing public execute right. or executions in Angola. But two. 
that's the level of, of graphic that right, people can right. kind of expect. So from the, the, you know, certainly executions, everything to the last meals, uh, which always has, has fascinated me. They have a, a cook in Angola that does nothing but pair the condemned's last meals. And so we're going to talk about those on episodes and things like that, but their last words, you know, did you know Burl Kane, everyone he ever executed, the last thing he would say to him is prepared to see the face of Jesus as that when they're strapped down on the table. So it would be the, yes, so it's going to be graphic, but not sensationalized. Sure. Right? It would be the truth, hardcore facts. And look, we, of course, I have a warning for real life, real crime. We certainly, did a warning before this, you know, should be 18 or older and, uh, can, and it doesn't present our views. And they like the prison terms and things that are uh, inmates say to each other. And there's a lot of shit. It's really offensive people. And I get that, but it's not, we didn't make these words up, you know what I'm saying? But we're not going to hold back on it to be politically correct. Uh, sure. We're telling you what they say. Sure. And that was gathered during your time in corrections. Yeah. Right, and right. I'm sure from interviews. Right. And other well, yeah, and, and it goes on every day now. Yeah. Sure. It's not something we make it up. This is real stuff. Sure. And prisons have their own ecosystem. Absolutely. It's, it's a whole different world, brother. The, the world that when you walk through those gates, society's rules don't apply. And I'm talking about everything from how they look at you, uh, your sexual orientation to whatever. It's just, they have their own set of rules. Sure. Sure. Uh, it, it's an interest. Well, it's kind of like you said, again, before we got started, it almost smells different. Uh, the air doesn't even taste the same. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it, you know, convicts will say, do your time, don't let your time do you. Well, guess what? Correctional officers, and some of them are the best people in the world, but some of them are the worst people in the world. But the, when you're a CO, you're actually doing time in my book because you're there 12 hours, you know, rotating that ship out you can't get out yeah and you're in that world you're in their world so we're going to bring it to you bloody angola that's interesting and that's an interesting way to put it right. you know you've you've built a prison for these guys but those guys are in there with them that's right so let's uh let's turn back to the historian here i you mentioned it i believe it's 142 years of history yes. regarding this prison where did y'all decide to start was there a starting point or did y'all kind of throw darts? There was a starting point, and uh, of course, you, it sounds cliche, but we started right at the beginning. We felt it was important with our first episode to set the scene of what was to come. Uh, that episode was entitled The Walls, and uh, we started off with how Angola was born. Uh, it was a very interesting episode, eye-opening episode, and one that probably a lot of people right here from you know Livingston Parish in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, did not realize that they had a prison in downtown Baton Rouge. Uh, and Sixth Street and Laurel. Yes, yeah. yeah, and so right in the downtown, and we tell the story of what happened to that and how it led to things like convict le leasing and Angola Plantation and Mr. James who bought that, uh, uh, who owned Angola Plantation and, and basically leased all those, those prisoners. And uh, even after slavery, and they were also starting they were out still enslaved. The, uh, from the history report, I, we want to tell the story, okay? And so we had to start, and it, I, I, it's a great episode. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but we had to start with the history, okay? And it's probably the most generic and least offensive episode that'll ever be 
Like when I started Real Life Real Crime, I started, I, you know, in retrospect, <laughs> I shouldn't have started with the worst story I had, right? But this one, the story is still great. Uh, McHugh, the, the story is so interesting. The history, I'm a history buff too. The, 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 and I learned things that Jim researched that I didn't know about. And, and the story is great. And it's going to segue into, you know, what it's going to segue into. As Woody put it, it was the tamest story you'll hear the entire season, but it ain't that tame. Right. That's right. That's <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. There's still, a lot of hard things to hear in that episode, really I promise yeah. you. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, everything has a beginning. And, yeah. you know, there's a reason for it. And, I mean, I, I understand that. Obviously, you wanted to start with, I mean, this was the origin story. Right. right? Everybody's right. got to have an origin. Got to lay that groundwork. Right. Sure. And, you know, here's a question. When you're talking about research, um, you know, and, and I, y'all might bring this up in the podcast as well, but like, it, it, let's say people are listening and they hear something and they're like, man, you know, I'm sure they weren't able to touch on all that. I'd like to go read about it or find out about it. Mr. Historian, where, where, where did you go? Well, here's, you know, obviously we have in the palm of our hands now, uh, Google and sure, Google's yeah. a great kind of a, you can't believe everything on Google, but it's a great place to kind of start. You, I look through a lot of Wikipedias. A lot of the stories are kind of new because I've always had an affinity for that particular prison. Uh, a lot of things I had to research. There's a guy by the name of Charlie Frazier that is probably one of the most infamous of all Angola inmates actually escaped in 1933 with 11 other guys and uh, it was his 19th escape from a prison the guy to, had a rap sheet longer to, than Billy the Kid I mean it was crazy. Bonnie and Clyde yeah yeah wow. so uh and my point to that is I, I went to research him you would be shocked there's almost nothing you can find on that guy, but I managed to find a book that was written by a, uh, I believe he was a newspaper guy out of New Orleans. Right, yeah. And uh, he wrote a book that is far long out of print and very expensive now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that I guess yeah. we may end up having to get. Yeah. <laughs> Harry, Harry Connick Jr. bought the rights to that book yes. uh, when I want to visit Tangola, and he's going to make a, a movie. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's called okay. Conviction. Conviction. Yeah. So, cool, cool. Yeah. So yeah, so you basically you started with Google, and if if somebody hears something on your podcast and they're like, "I want to learn more about that," it's a good place to start. Yeah, yeah. but you may find yourself running into the brick wall of out of print books. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> that's yeah. right. It's yeah. a, it's amazing. You know, I was shocked there wasn't more on this guy, yeah. but uh, but you know, history is just just ate up some of that history with him. Uh, but we're fortunate. We're gonna make some trips to Angola and and. Even yeah. see what's going on yeah. today. We even spent some time on the phone with my mother yesterday before yeah. we recorded, and, and she's telling about well, you know, they used to have the inmates in their house dressing all whites, and they cooked and cleaned for them every day. And I told you my aunt was born there. She said, "I remember when Cynthia was born, Papa, uh, your Papa was saying that that it make kept making so many biscuits. She said I never saw so many biscuits in my entire life. I mean, they, they did it so." The, but anything that hard facts like that, it will be in the show notes that Jim will put down. But a lot of this stuff is coming from people who lived it. Yes. Right. 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 So it's very fascinating. So you all have a wide variety of information sources, everything yeah. from historical sources to firsthand accounts right. and interviews. Right. So people are going to get everything, That's a right. full encompassing sort of picture. You know, and it's always interesting, too, to compare what you can read historically and then what people on the ground that's had to say. A, that's right. So, okay, I, I'm sorry. I may have I may have spoiled part of it. Uh, but, 
looking forward to listening to it. Absolutely. So anything y'all would like to close with as we reach about 25 minutes? Here? I, I definitely want to mention uh, you'll probably be watching this podcast the same day that we drop the first episode of Bloody Angola. It'll be out everywhere. It's on uh, all your audio platforms. Unique to YouTube, we will have uh, a totally interactive experience. And what we mean by that is you will see as we're talking, pictures pop up of individuals that we may be talking about, places we may be talking about, pictures you probably can't find anywhere else. Those will show up on that YouTube. And you're going to see me and Woody interact back and forth while we're telling these stories. Some people call that video podcast or vlogs. We call that the Bloody Angola experience. There you go. Excellent. Excellent. And like he said, anywhere you can, if you can't or you don't want to look it up on YouTube, anywhere in the world you can download a podcast. Bloody Angola is there. And we have our social media. Yes. Yes. We have, uh, w- well, obviously, bloodyangola.com, where all our audio and video episodes will be linked. And we also have Facebook and Instagram at Bloody Angola. Uh, it's bloodyangolapodcast.com is the website. And uh, we, we do want to shout out our sponsors real quick. Uh, yes, we don't have absolutely. to go by name, but we had a lot of sponsors that you will see throughout these episodes that helped us to bring this to people. None of this production stuff is cheap, as you well know. Right. And, uh, and each so, one of our sponsors will be back on a thousand percent, and we use their products and and uh, or we're customers of the, of their business. That's sure. right. We had a lot reach out, and we we went with the ones that we have used before, and we know their service. Right. So. Excellent people, and thank y'all. Sure. So if you'll be looking uh, for the show, you should. It's going to be on all your podcast platforms as well as YouTube and BloodyAngolaPodcast.com. Yes, correct? sir. Okay, and that'll be kind of a hub for all of your material as well, I would imagine. That's right. You can get anything there that you need. Always a good always a good idea to start with the website. So uh, let's let these two gentlemen who have become very uh, famous. I was about to say infamous, but I, I guess that's the theme of today. <laughs> that's is right. yeah, it's a combination. Uh, yeah. uh, it might very, be accurate for me. <laughs> but very famous in the local podcasting world. Let's start with the viewers left. Uh, Jim Chapman, co-host of Bloody Angola. And Woody Overton, co-host of Bloody Angola. And my name is McHugh David, publisher and editor of the news. Appreciate these two gentlemen for taking the time here on Wednesday afternoon to come sit down. Of course, this will be running Thursday morning. Please remember, if you're listening to it, go the minute you're done. Go download Bloody Angola. First episode will be out tomorrow, Thursday, July 21st, 2022. Please remember that the news is on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube. We are once a week in print on Thursdays at $7 a month to get that in your mailbox. We're also online, www.livingsparishnews.com, and we have an app to go with that. We do appreciate you joining us, and we'll see you next time.